I got to say, when we were talking with Mike Tannenbaum yesterday, and I mentioned to him, Stone, that I didn't quite know the NFL storyline to really focus on, I got to admit, I still don't. And I heard Evan just talking about it at 11.55. He doesn't really know either, and there's not a ton of buzz with this draft, and it's because of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Because we don't know where the first quarterback is going to go. There's a good chance it's going to be outside of the top 10 for, what, the first time in 20 years, right? Yeah, since 2013, there'll be no quarterback, or at least it looks that way, that are drafted in the top five. Oh, top five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, top 10, you've got to be going back right. uh, it, it, almost two decades, I would think. And so this is going to be a unique night. This is going to be a different night. So when you think about what's the storyline of this NFL draft, I think it comes down to one singular name, Debo. Mm. I think that is the storyline of the draft. What team is going to give up a fortune, what team has the ammunition to go get a guy who's a dynamic player, who's a game-changing player, who's a potential championship player, who's the most versatile player in the NFL, who, according to reports, doesn't want to be so versatile anymore, but because he and the 49ers paired up to make him this mythical, yard-churning, touchdown-scoring legend... He's about to be worth an awful lot. And he's going to want money after the fact, too. So Debo's a hot commodity. How hot? I don't know yet because I don't know what he actually is willing to do compared to what he was, especially this past year, with the 49ers. But I do know that there is constant chatter about the team that picks fourth and tenth the way the draft order is currently constituted, and that's the New York Jets. My main storyline... I think has nothing to do with a prospect coming out and has everything to do with are the Jets or someone else going to pony up Tyreek Hill-type compensation to go get Debo Samuel, who is a wide receiver, is okay. But as the experience, which is running as well, which he said, "Ah, I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. He's just sort of, while the most dynamic thing going in the NFL. When he's the experience, he can't just be the wide receiver. For me, he's got to be the experience. But who's going to give up what and who gets what assurances that Debo's actually going to be Debo and not be number two receiver on an elite team? Right, 100%. And in years past, there are skill players that are going to make an instant impact on a team that are drafted on on, on day one on Thursday. I don't necessarily know as far as skill players, if there's that guy. So, yeah, Debo becomes the instant impact player that could be put somewhere or brought somewhere on draft night. There's no there's instant impact players in the trenches and the offensive and defensive line, but you're right. It's Debo Samuels. It's possibly Baker Mayfield, or if the Packers can draft a wide receiver or if the Chiefs want to replace Tyreek Hill. I feel like those are the four or five that we're really looking for. So, you guys tell me, what's your storyline? Because what's, what's great about this draft even though this isn't nearly as highly anticipated as what we're accustomed to. In fact, I would say that the biggest buzz around this draft is its location, right? The biggest talking point right now about the draft, because it has striking visuals, is the fact it's in Vegas and the fact that it's in the Bellagio pool. Like, that's sick, 
right? No matter how you feel about Vegas, whether you love it, you swear by it, you're sort of mad about it, or you think it's a cesspool of sin, that's pretty badass, right? I mean, it is pretty badass. It's the pinnacle. And a lot of the, the gambling picks of where these guys are going to land and stuff, that's also gaining a lot of steam. Like That's becoming a popular topic to talk about as well. Is Aiden Hutchinson going to go first? Is it Trayvon Walker? The line's mixing back and forth. So Vegas, is it's the place to be right now. The, the fact that we don't know anything about tonight, nothing's truly set in stone, is why I think this is cool. Like I'm, I'm into it, and I feel as uneducated as I ever have about a draft. I got to be honest. <laughs> I feel as uneducated about this You're draft as I ever have. You're not because alone. Because there's so many moving pieces. You look at any mock draft, every mock draft is wildly different, too. I've never seen anything like this before. Nothing lines up. You know, during hurricane season when all the models, like one's hitting Miami, one model's hitting New Orleans, one model's like down into the Yucatan Peninsula, and everyone says, look out for this hurricane, even though there's like a 3,000-mile stretch where the hurricane can hit. I, that's what this feels like right now, and it's not going to be until about 8.30 Eastern time when finally the spaghetti models start to narrow a little bit and we get an idea of what's coming. But this feels like when a hurricane is like 10 days out and nobody has a damn clue where it's going because we don't have a damn clue what to expect with this draft tonight. So you tell me, who is your team first of all? And what's great for me is that I'm a Dolphins guy. You know where my feet are going? Up. Kicking the old feet up tonight because I don't have a concern. You know what I'm doing? I'm just thinking about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Jasicki. I'm just thinking about them catching cloud soft footballs, the most catchable ball in the league from Tua. That's what I'm doing through all of the picks tonight, okay? So they're my team. I don't have any concerns, but there are plenty of you out there that your teams have some major decisions to make and some major homework to do still just past noon Eastern time. Who is your team and what is your, you tell me, what is your personal NFL draft storyline? What is your NFL draft storyline? What are you looking out for most tonight? What did you wake up with on your mind coming in to this NFL draft round one Thursday? Who's your team? What's your personal NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. Who is your team? What is your personal NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. Because my NFL draft storyline is Debo. And if you want to extend it, me as a Dolphins fan who, again, doesn't have a single solitary concern in the world tonight, I'm looking at a division rival. And I'm not going to lie, Stone. I'm feeling petty. Oh, yeah. And this is the way I feel about it. I don't want the Jets to get Debo, but I also want the Jets to vastly overpay for Debo because I don't think Debo, the wide receiver, is the same person as Debo, the get-as-many-touches-as-possible experience. I just don't. And some team is going to be paying Debo the experience money and... If he's just Debo the wide receiver, he's not worth as much as the experience money. I would be so red flagged and so concerned reading the reports from credible sources, NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, that he doesn't want as many touches as he was getting. The first play I've ever heard that 
says, I don't want as many touches. Yeah. But that's how he got to this point. So I just don't know. But I either want the Jets to not get him and him to go somewhere else, maybe in the NFC, fingers crossed. Maybe the Packers want to go get Debo. Fine with me. Doesn't concern the Dolphins until the Super Bowl. Good times, (laughs) right? Two thumbs up. Or I want the Jets to so vastly overpay for him that they never recover. That's my storyline. Debo, and by extension, what the Jets are going to do. I'm looking at the division rival of the Dolphins with the fourth pick and the tenth pick, and I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do. What confuses me about the Debo in New York situation right now is they used Elijah Moore very similar to the way San Fran used Debo. Yeah, I was going to say, what happens? You can't have two of those guys on the offense. Who gets those touches? So are they just going to send Elijah Moore out there to the Wolves to get hurt, running jet sweeps and coming across the motion and, and taking the you know the deep crossing? More like Elijah the- Moore carries. Yeah, like are they, like that's not fair to Elijah Moore, even though he'll invite it, right? He's a 22-year-old Oh, yeah, kid. that dude's looking for a contract just like Debo is, too. No doubt about it. So but it doesn't make any sense because New York's offense is similar to San Fran's in a sense of you know the quick-moving formations, moving guys across, you know, a lot of the jet sweeps and getting tricky in the backfield. Similar Zach, bad quarterback play. Similar bad quarterback play. Zach Wilson's also mobile. Um, and I like bad. Trey Lance, like Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and bad. And bad. All mm-hmm. three bad, right. I think. But that's what's confusing to me because it's like New York's not going to solve your problems, Debo. So don't be like itching to get out there or up there to New York. It just doesn't make any sense to me. We have the prospect of a draft where a quarterback for the first time tonight is taken outside the top 10. Yeah, And in a second, I'm going to go through, I mentioned the spaghetti model analogy. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the perfect example of that because I went through six different mock drafts and you'll be shocked at the, the range of where the first quarterback is taken in these mock drafts. And you want to know why? Nobody knows anything. Nobody. Nobody. So that's why I ask you, who is your team and what is your personal NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. And we kick things off with our man in Boynton Beach. It's Ernesto. What's up, Ernesto? Thank you for taking my call, guys. Uh, let's start off by saying to all the NFL fans out there, I'm going to be petty. I hope you all pick wrong. I hope, and I hope, uh, just like you. Well done, Just like you, Ken. Um, I'm a a giant fan. I'm a giant fan, so I'm going to be petty for little brother. I hope the Jets do overpay because, you know what? It it, it sounds just like what the Jets would do because it's already out there that he doesn't want to be a running back, but the Jets want to use him as a running back. And Mm -hmm. you just said that they already have somebody playing that position. So this is just like a Jet thing to do. So, yeah. It's going to happen. You don't have to put it out there in the ether. It's going to happen. And um, as for Stone Levanowicz, I, I, I'm going to have to say this, man, because I saw your play. I didn't know about you. I, I had to see it by your play. Dude, you, you've got Stone Cold Cojones. Yeah, Good man. play, brother. <laughs> I know it's a year old, but i got to give you a heads up. It's draft. i got to give you your props, just like the kids are getting up today. you got Stone Cold Cojones, brother. Nice play. And uh, NFL brothers and uh, sisters out there, I hope you all lose. And the Giants, pick well. Do not mess this up. We got two picks in the top ten. All we need is help for Mr. Daniel Jones. Please don't mess this New management, new coach. You can't mess this up. Come on, guys. Let's go. Ernesto is praying in Boynton right now. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Much appreciated, Ernesto. Uh, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, that's a sorry state of affairs in that city, man. (laughs) You know what else is? This is a big night for Philadelphia. Yeah. 
Philadelphia yeah, sure fans is. are hanging in the balance right now. Well, you got the Sixers, and you got your coach on the hot oh, yeah. seat. You don't have I know what you believe is your franchise quarterback. There's a lot going on I in the know. city tonight. I know they're 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 picking 15th. And right around that time, they may have a pretty good indication if there's <laughs> going to be a game seven or not in that series. I love it. I love it. Let them squirm. I say let them squirm. But hey, as a Dolphins fan, as a Heat guy, I am just throwing those feet up. No doubt. There is nothing to worry about. The Heat have moved on. Jimmy's knee by the hour is getting healthier. That Kyle Lowry hamstring. Mm. That thing is loosening up as we speak. The heat in the training room, maybe putting up some shots, maybe sipping on some tequila later in the day. You don't know. Or some coffee. Or some coffee, true. Coffee and tequila. By the way, uh, Patron has a coffee-flavored tequila. It's all right, but it wears on you pretty quick. I'm not talking drunk. I'm talking the taste. It's kind of cool at first. Like, oh, this is different. And then once you have a little too much of it, you're like, I can't handle this anymore. This doesn't taste very good. Yeah, I also think it would grease the pipes a little too much. Just go right right through you. (laughs) I I don't think... I don't think that there's actual caffeine in it. You realize that's the caffeine that greases the pipes, as you say. (laughs) You are such a meatball. I love you. Ken Levick is Stone Levanowitz. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. What is your personal NFL draft storyline? Who's your team? What is your storyline? Because I'm curious. I genuinely want to know. Because every team has their own approach. Usually, though, collectively, as the national fan, as an NFL observer, you have three or four things that everybody's locked in on that you know Rich Eisen's going to start the NFL Network broadcast with, that you know Mike Greenberg's going to start the ESPN broadcast with, that you know ESPN National Radio's top analyst tonight, Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider, is going to kick things off with. But tonight... I don't think we have that. Right now, I don't think we have that. And it may clarify itself as we move on through the day, but right now, just shy of 12.20 Eastern time, that does not exist. That's why for me as a Dolphins fan, I'm just looking at a division rival. Debo and the Jets. Does that marriage happen? Do the Jets overpay? What do they do at 4 and 10? Do they try and give up both to get Debo? That would be stupid. Which one of those picks do they give up? to get Debo. How many more picks do they give up to get Debo? Does Debo want to carry the football in New York? What happens because Elijah Moore is similar? That's my storyline tonight. See how it started as one singular thing and now it has morphed into like chapters? That's what I'm talking about. These storylines, nothing's cut and dry because everything has a subsequent step to it because this draft is so unexplainable. Who's your team? What's your personal NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And hit us up on the old Twitter, at KLV1063. Let's go back to Boyden, the capital of Ken Levick Alive. That's where Ben is. What's up, Ben? What's up, Ken? How you doing, my man? Good, brother. What's going on, man? I am super excited about this draft today. Uh, it snuck up on me. I've been, you know, been waiting for it because I've been craving football for months now. Yep. Especially being a Giants fan, I haven't really had football in a few years. So. <laughs> it's it's worn on you a little bit. Trust me, I get it, Ben. I get it. So, what are you looking forward to tonight? What 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 is one thing that sticks in your mind? You woke up this morning, you're like, oh God, it's it's the first round of the draft. Uh, what what immediately came to mind first for you? So, I mean, it's been a thing that's been on our mind for years is just get get an offensive line that can protect whoever's back there, whether it's Geno Smith, you know, going back a few years ago or, or who we got now with Mr. Jones. Yeah. 
Um, we just you, you you can't succeed in the league if your guy's got like 25 seconds to get rid of the ball to a receiver who's not really open yet. So may I interest so you in an Okeechobee native Evan Neal? May I interest you in Evan Neal by any chance? I would love an Evan Neal. I would. I, that's honestly who I'm I'm hoping we take. The guy is he's built like like two refrigerators side by side, <laughs> and he played in Alabama. Yeah, he's so. a freak. I mean, Stone, Evan Neal, like that's I, – I know that we have a little bit of local bias with him being the Okeechobee guy, but Evan Neal, he should still be there at five unless something shocking happens, right? Yeah, most likely. And appreciate a, the call, Ben. Yeah, most likely. There's a few teams looking for other things, but right around that five spot, and that is the Giants' biggest need. Even if they want to slip in before that and steal Evan, he fits perfectly for them. Yeah, Evan Neal is one of the guys we're looking out for. Also, Kyir Elam, the Benjamin product, played it. Florida it's beginning to look like and he wavered a little bit between first and second round but I'm seeing mid first projections now for Kyrie or Elam Uh, so this could be a big night for Kyrie and I think we can make the case that the Elams are the first football family of Palm Beach County right whether you're talking about Abe whether you're talking about Matt whether you're talking Kyrie now like they're the first family of Palm Beach County football they're just all shoo-ins they're all shoo-ins. The Elams are guaranteed, <laughs> put money on it, going to the league, bar none. I'll ask Pierre Garcon that tonight at PBKC if he thinks the Elams are the first football family of Palm Beach County. Who is your team? What's your personal NFL draft storyline? We've heard from Giants fans. It sounds like, and this is a small, small sample size, but Ernesto and Ben both sounded like they're good with Daniel Jones still being the quarterback, and the Giants have a contract decision to make with Daniel Jones. But it seems like our small consensus of Giants fans think the problem ain't Daniel Jones. The problem is the protection in front of him. Yeah, I mean, and that's the same for us to say with the Dolphins. I think we had the worst pass block win rate in the NFL. Right. Second worst rush yards per attempt. Like, we need help on the O-line, too. So we might kick back early in the draft, but when it comes down to it, we need to snag a few guys that we can eventually plug well, in to the five spot. There's no doubt. The Dolphins pick for the first time tomorrow, and uh, there's no doubt that, I mean, it's... We, 102. 102 is, is the pick. first pick. There's no doubt that offensive line is going to be, and specifically a tackle, um, is going to be a priority for them in those later rounds. No doubt about it. I also, I don't see any need to go get a running back. I also think they need some help at linebacker. They need depth at linebacker. I think linebacker, offensive line, those are the targets for the Dolphins where you can get those guys oh, yeah. who are able to give you some uh, some uh, contribution. You can get those guys late second, third, fourth round. That's key, key time to get some of those dudes. Yeah, okay, so for me, my storyline would be the wide receivers. I think a okay. lot of teams need them. As a whole, the position as a whole. The position as a whole. There are seven right now in, in majority of mock drafts that are projected and go inside the first round. Okay. That hasn't happened. Five, I think, was, was, was two or three years ago, but seven in the first round hasn't happened. And there's a lot of guys and a lot of teams who need that help. I'm curious to see what the Packers are going to do. We saw Chris Olave mention that he thought Aaron Rodgers was the greatest quarterback of all time. And if he had the opportunity to play with him, that would be a big deal. Garrett Wilson going down low, Drake London. There's so many guys and so many teams that need him, so I'm excited to see if one goes, the dominoes fall, and they all go. What is crazy, and there are different eras in the draft, or in the NFL, I mean, not the draft, in the the NFL where a certain position suddenly comes to the top. I think we are suddenly, we might be still in it, but we're in the late stages of the tight end era in the NFL. 
right? We are still very much in the quarterback yes. era, right? But now, all of a sudden, we are watching the wide receiver position become resurgent. Uh, it had fallen below, I think, tight end in importance level for a while because you started having these freaks of nature that could line up on the outside. They could line up in the slot. They could also block and perform traditional tight end duties, but they were mutants, right? And they started getting paid like and wide receivers. And they started receivers. getting paid like wide receivers, right? So now all of a sudden, the NFL has started to put more priority on the wide receiver, and this draft feeds this resurgent wide receiver era Perfectly. Now, Chris Canty, who you hear right after us on uh, ESPN 106.3 after we're done here on Ken Levick Alive, I heard him talking yesterday about wide receivers. There is no position in the NFL over the last decade, I believe it was, that has a lower success rate of first-rounders taken than wide receiver. Mm. So that obviously makes you pause and think, is this worthwhile? But you almost don't have a choice because in a day and age in the NFL now where you are giving wide receivers massive money, including this offseason, this has been the offseason of the wide receiver. We haven't seen anything like what we saw with Adams and Hill since T.O. We haven't seen anything like that. It has been decades since we saw this run on massive Big-time wide receivers, huge names that are being depended on to be franchise changers. And now you've got a, 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 a very deep wide receiver group coming out into this draft with a position where there's money flowing all over the place, but no position is as inconsistent from a draft to productive potential pro bowler than that position traditionally in modern football. So that's what's tough. But you mentioned Olave. How could he be a bust? How could he be a bust? <laughs> there are a few of those How? guys. I mean, Olave rules. He's got it all. Size, speed, hands, and Ohio State. I will always trust a wide receiver out of Ohio State. And he'll most likely go behind another Ohio State product, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, who's I don't know where he lands, but it, it, they're saying probably inside the top 20, but there is just a field of wideouts right now, and everyone's going to get their money. Uh, you mentioned last time since T.O., Debo Shane was just, just everybody put his situation in perspective. He led his team. He's the leader of that team, a captain, to the NFC Championship game, like the pinnacle of where you, like right before the Super Bowl. And because he doesn't want to be around the team and deal with a young quarterback, he's just going to say, hey, I want to go somewhere else. I mean, that doesn't happen often, but it's starting to happen now. Because guys want that bag. Yeah. And, and and again, it's all follow the leader. That's the way this goes. Yeah, it is. And, and so uh, there, that's why this draft is crazy, though. Because so many of these storylines now weave into what this offseason has been from a business standpoint. For me, it's the Jets. What do they do at 4-10? But specifically... How do they handle Debo? Because they're still the team that's mentioned most in the same breath as Debo Samuel. But if Debo Samuel's just going to be a wide receiver, is he worth as much as a Tyree kill? And how much the Dolphins gave up? Five picks, uh, but not a, not a first-round pick. Not a first-round pick. Whereas the Jets, I bet the 49ers are looking at at least number 10 and saying, oh, that seems tasty. That seems pretty tasty. Why don't you send that? Why don't you put it in a package and send it 3,000 miles? And then we can talk once that, that 10 pick is involved in the discussion. What did the Jets do? 
What is Debo going to be with the Jets? Can the Jets get Debo? Do they overpay for him? That's my, my personal main storyline with the Dolphins not picking until Friday night. For Stone, the wide receivers. You've got, what, seven potential first-round wide receivers, yep. at least based on mock drafts, based on projections, seven of them, with a historically unreliable position when they're taken in the first round. That's Stone's storyline. What's yours? Who's your team? What's your NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Your number one pick is always going to be, if you want to work in the sports industry, our title sponsor, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program 20 two years of being a highly sought after path to the sports industry at the top of all of your draft boards fau.edu slash mba sport right now you can sign up for classes in the fall whether they're on campus in boca whether they are taken remotely i have known many in fau athletics that are still in fau athletics went from interns to paid because they got their mba in sport management many who have gone on to espn the nfl the acc the sec individual universities i know these people i have relationships with these people because they keep in touch because they understand what led them to the sports industry and that is the common bond the fau mba sport management program professors are in the sports industry you are learning current knowledge in the sports industry not something 20 years ago because the industry is always evolving it's the fau mba sport management program fau.edu slash mba sport fau.edu slash mba sport the fau mba sport management program who is your team what's your personal nfl draft storyline in a draft where we have absolutely no direction. It is a free-for-all going into round number one tonight. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's still in the Banowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. The NFL Draft, round one. Here's a tweet from Judy Batista, columnist NFL.com. As expected, the Giants are not picking up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. That according to a source with knowledge of the team's plans. But if he plays well, obviously, a chance to cash in with the franchise tag. Daniel Jones is rooting for the Giants to draft an offensive lineman. A big old tackle tonight. Because this is the season. Perform or he's no longer a Giant. That's what it comes down to. That's it. No fifth-year option. I'll let Kyler Murray in the desert. Daniel Jones is not getting his fifth-year option. And imagine that. Imagine you're Daniel Jones, and you know that you're going into this season where you have to get it done. Because if you don't, you're going through free agency. You're going into a free agency, likely, where you're not going to be signed as a starting quarterback. You're going to be someone's backup somewhere. If Jameis Winston went into free agency as 
a backup option, then Daniel Jones sure as hell is. Unless he has some astounding season in 2022. Now, this doesn't happen often. You're exactly right. It is now or quite literally never for Daniel Jones because guys like Baker Mayfield can't even get a job right now. And he's better than some guys who are starters right now, like Drew Locke and like Daniel Jones, if he doesn't perform, he will forever be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Now, that is a fact. You know what's crazy is if Daniel Jones was available now, he'd be more attractive than Baker Mayfield, I think. I think he'd be a more attractive option than Baker Mayfield. He'd be a more attractive option than Drew Locke. I firmly believe that. Now, why? Because he's better. He's not a better, better quarterback size, than Baker Mayfield. Arm. Yes, he is. In, in game, there is nothing... Daniel Jones does better than Baker Mayfield. What does Baker Mayfield do well? He's not accurate. And who's to say Daniel Jones is more of an drives. accurate quarterback? He can extend plays better than better than he most. He can extend plays. That's great. Except that they the Browns had the fourth most three and outs in the league that's this probably, past that's season. That's probably because they elected to run the ball on first and second down with, with, with no. who they had. I don't think there's anything Daniel Jones can do better than Baker Mayfield. Daniel Jones. And to even throw Drew Locke in there is just more disrespectful. <laughs> you got, you You're the only person me. I've met who believes in Drew Locke, at least a modicum. I don't believe in Drew Locke, but I believe he's not going to be as bad as we're all saying he is going no, to be. No, he's bad. He's bad. He is as bad as we're all saying he's bad. <laughs> it's not he's going to, it's he is. There's no future tense here. There is present tense. He is bad. Now, Drew Locke eventually last season got beat out by Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Now, we need Tua to stay stay healthy and stay alive because we know Teddy can come in and do it. Teddy can fling it. He can fling that Teddy thing. can fling it. And he's from the 305. So, Miami Dolphins fans, if Tua does go down, knock on wood, we're okay. Well, I hope you kept that same energy for 5-6-1 Jacoby Brissett. No, I didn't. Not the same. You're not the same fraud, swagger. Not man. the same juice. You're a fraud. Your head is in Miami. Your body might be in uh, <laughs> in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Your head is in Miami. I need you to get your head out of Miami-Dade and get your head into Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast where we're celebrating Kyer Elam, where we're celebrating Evan Neal, two local guys done good that could very well. We know for sure Evan Neal realizing a first-round NFL draft dream tonight. Who is your team? What's your personal NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Again, 888-760-3776. Mine is all about the Jets. They got four. They got ten. They're in the running for Debo. They're the favorites to land Debo. How are the Jets going to screw this up? whether they don't get Debo or they overpay for Debo. Because if Debo's going to come in and be Debo the wide receiver, Debo the wide receiver is not the same as Debo the 49er last year, right? So you're giving up a lot for it, it, Debo being a number one wide out. Who, who, I mean, who predominantly is, doesn't even play the outside position. I know. That's the thing. Is he, is he a traditional number one wide receiver? No. I think by, Traditionally, no. I think by reputation, based on what he did being versatile with the 49ers, he becomes the number one. But yep. I'm not sure by wide receiver ability, he's the number one. Production-based, he's by far uh, wide receiver number one. But yeah, yeah traditionally, but, what they're but, meant to do, right. how they're used, His no. production is di- what makes him a number one by reputation. That production is a little bit different. Now, he did have 1,400 receiving yards a year ago. So that, But that's the only year of his career, albeit brief career, that, that he's put up number one wide receiver numbers. 
because he's had he had so many yards off the run. Before that, when he wasn't brought into that scheme or he wasn't the main component of that scheme, he had 750, 800. That's fine, but that's not number one. That's not number one receiver numbers. Right, and what's most confusing to me is where the game is going and all of the RPOs, and I keep using the phrase jet sweep, like that's where the game is heading, getting guys' touches behind the line of scrimmage. Let them go to work. In a league where it is evolving, where we are seeing that more and more often, why now, Debo? Why now speak up and say, I don't want to do this? When you have an opportunity to become the pioneer of using a wide receiver in the background. Because he wants longevity, though. He doesn't want to take the hits. I get it. I get it. It's self-preservation. You don't get it. Guys, back when, when, when it, in the 90s and everything, that's not what it was about. Guys were breaking bones and giving it all. You can't now, talk about the 90s when you were born in the I 90s. I said you. I pointed at you okay. and said, how can you say you're okay with it when you're used to watching guys go out and put it all on the line? And now we have guys saying, I don't want to be in the backfield. I don't want to get tackled by a linebacker. Because as I became an adult, I realized oh. that quality of life actually matters. Devo's probably 25 years old. Okay. But that I, I understand him wanting to keep his career as elongated as possible. And if he thinks that taking jet sweeps or lining up in the backfield and then taking a shot to the ribs is going to shorten his career, I mean, look at the running back position as a whole. Those dudes get chewed up and spit out before they even get... Running backs don't get career deals anymore. The going rate, a big running back contract, is now a myth. It is non-existent. It doesn't happen because NFL teams have been programmed to believe that they can just take anybody off the scrap heap, and if they if they have a good enough scheme and offensive line, they can make that guy productive. There's no such thing anymore, except for maybe a top one percenter of of ball carriers that is getting a big free agent deal. And uh, Debo's not going to miss out on a wide receiver dynamic deal because he's getting hit because they've lined him up to on the left hip. Of the the quarterback, yeah, it was his shoulders, it was his ribs. He was banged up in that like, playoff. Run I last get year. it, I get it. But what Debo should have done is not let anybody in on his desire not to get hit as much until after he got the bag, mm. right? Facts. Like the fact that that leaked, the fact that the NFL Network is reporting that now. They're also, if you want to go full conspiracy, could be the 49ers just leaking it out there to better their chances of keeping Debo because the team gets scared because they hear that Debo doesn't want to be a ball carrier as often any longer. Even if there's no truth to it, the Niners could be like, oh, this is why there's a problem now. And this is why he requested a trade because he doesn't want to get hit as much. He doesn't want to get as many touches in the backfield. So... Uh, just make sure that gets out there. And then all of a sudden, Debo's stuck because teams are like, um, wait a minute, Debo. Do you want to be just a wide receiver? Do you want to be like what you were last year? And they start getting cold feet, and next thing you know, Debo's re-upping with the Niners. Uh, well, I mean, well, that's full-fledged conspiracy theory. Well, then take it even a step further. What did we see him do in the club? Paint that picture when the, he was sitting in the club and they brought out the bottles and the thing saying, Debo. Debo staying with the San Francisco 49ers, and he gave the throat slash. The e- He raised his eyebrows and gave him the throat slash. So, I don't know. That was a good indication that he might be leaving the 49ers. That was as good of an indication as anything that he might be leaving the 49ers. But that's You're just right. as strong as an Adam Schefter report. Like, he, he literally yeah, raised oh, yeah, his yeah. eyebrows and said, not going to happen. Yeah. I'm no body language guy, but that, the throat slash into the e- 
is the signs being walked by with the champagne bottles with uh with with sparklers in them? Debo is staying with the 49ers and like, yeah, uh uh-uh, uh uh. He's gone. That's that's not good. That doesn't bode well for the Niners. All I'm saying is that I understand Debo's thinking. I understand wanting to get his money and wanting to stay in the league as long as he can and getting a pension and all these things, but I also think he should have kept his mouth shut or people around his his mouth shut until the trade actually happened, right? Like that would have made life a ton easier for Debo, and a deal might have already been done for Debo Samuel. But all of this conversation is why that's my draft storyline tonight. That's my draft storyline is Debo and what happens, and are the Jets going to get him? And what are they getting in Debo if the Jets do acquire them with one or both? Oh, that would be hilarious. Fourth and tenth picks in the draft. I mean, that would be flat out stupid. I don't think the Jets are that stupid, but boy, would that be funny. What is your personal NFL draft storyline, and who's your team? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Again, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Now, let's go through... Uh, these projections, everybody has a draft projection, right? Everybody has a mock draft. But the quarterbacks, the most important position, there is such a wild variance on where the first pick of a quarterback is going to be. It's insane. I don't think, Stone, in the next decade, we're going to see anything like this, the way that this is played out. Now, there is the conventional thought always, I think, that a team's going to reach and just grab a quarterback at 10 because you feel like you have to, all right? You feel like you have to go get a quarterback because that's the position. But these teams get sucked into this. That's the most important position on the field, and they get consumed by it and don't think through, well, maybe this isn't a good quarterback draft. Maybe you can wait. Maybe it's going to have to come next year. Maybe you, you kick the tires on a Baker Mayfield, as scary as that sounds. And I, I think tonight... The team will reach, but I think there are some quote-unquote experts who believe that teams are going to stay disciplined. I'll believe it when I see it, but man, there are many who think there might be a late first-round pick. Yeah, see, I would disagree with teams being disciplined and not, and kind of waiting till next year or years in the future to take quarterbacks because you know I've given us little mini breakdowns, but what I've been hearing is the experience is key for these guys. Kenny Pickett with 50 starts. I mentioned Corral's played two years in one of the most Ritter. high-powered offense in the SEC and in college football as a whole, and Malik Willis is a dog. I think a lot of these guys are eventual starters. Like, the experience they have is rare. They might not be the guys that pop off the screen and have all the size and look like franchise guys, but I can guarantee that they've had more starts under center in college than a lot of the guys in the league right now, and I think that speaks to what may happen with them four or five years down the road. Check out these mock drafts. So Mel Kuyper released this morning his final mock draft. He has the first quarterback taken by the Saints at 19, Kenny Pickett. Wow. 19. And getting into a competition conceivably with Jameis, okay? Todd McShay, his nemesis, doesn't have the first quarterback until 20. The Steelers, Malik Willis. So who does he have the Panthers taking early in that top 10? Uh, if that's I the case. I, I mean, we got to find that out because he's just skipping over mm-hmm. one of the quarterbacks for a certain position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They, I, I, I'd have to look and see who uh, – but, again, the Panthers pick is all over the place. Yeah. And some of these mock drafts have the Panthers involved in a trade and moving out of the top ten. Because, realistically, the only teams that are going to take quarterbacks are Carolina, it's Pittsburgh, it's Detroit, Carolina, it's Pittsburgh, Seattle. Detroit, right, right. 
Right. Other than that, there's not many teams that are going to be, you know, having an eye out for a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the draft network has Kenny Pickett going to Carolina at six. Okay. Uh, then you have the athletic, their NFL staff writers, Seattle, 13, Desmond Ritter. Imagine mm. if Ritter is the first quarterback taken. That would be a shock to me. An absolute shock to me. Uh, then you have Sports Illustrated, New Orleans at 19, taking Kenny Pickett. And then JMP. JMP is famous mock draft. He released it this morning at JMP 106.3. If you want to give that a glance, ESPN West Palm Zone. His famous mock draft. He has Seattle jumping all the way up to five to get Malik Willis. <laughs> I kind of dig it, though. I mean, that's drama right there. But think about that. Think about that. Todd McShay, 20. Mel Kuyper, 19. The Athletic, 13. SI, 19. The Draft Network is really the only one who's saying, oh, this, they could go top 10. I just get a sense a team reaches. I get a sense that a team reaches. Desmond Ritter is probably my favorite reach. 44-6 and six overall in his career. Undefeated at home. So many starts. Almost 50 starts under center, like I mentioned. The experience is there. And I know there's a prop out there. Desmond to go in the first round is at even money. And that's interesting. They had him reaching up inside the top 20. Man, that, that, That's really spicy stuff. Quarterbacks, teams can't help themselves. No, they cannot. They cannot help themselves. Who's your team? What's your NFL draft storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. It's round one Thursday. Still on the banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN1063. Ken Lavica live on ESPN1063. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. You're going to hear a lot of stuff, see a lot of stuff, a lot of speculation. That's what today is. I feel like it's more speculation than action sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's no buzz going on right now, and all that means is when this draft is over, there is going to be a lot going on. Your gut feel. Baker Mayfield, does he have a home by Sunday? Absolutely. Okay. I like, think I think trade one, or release. Trade. He's worth it. Let's not kid ourselves. He will find a home. Now who he's gonna be competing with and what the situation is gonna be is a whole nother discussion, but he will have a home. When this draft is over. See, and this is the tough thing with Baker. Is, does a team put together, is he valuable enough? Is he desirable enough for a team to put together a package for him? And trade for him? Or do they just play a waiting game with the Browns? Because the Browns at some point are going to have to have their their hand forced to make a decision. Because they can't carry him into next year. Well, when you ask that, you have to have these teams in mind. Carolina, Pittsburgh. Seattle, Detroit. Those are really who we have to discuss because nobody's coming out of the blue to grab Baker Mayfield from Cleveland. I mean, he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. This guy's going to want to compete, so you're not bringing him and having him sit behind it like a, like a Kyler but Murray. You're just you, not doing that. If you're Pittsburgh and you get a Malik Willis, do you want Baker Mayfield being the, the guy, the placeholder? Baker Mayfield, all he's going to do is whine and complain about being a placeholder in front of Malik Willis. It's one or the other in that case. You can't, you can't spoil... I, and I get it. Baker Mayfield is probably a good guy. But I know Baker Mayfield is super <laughs> sensitive. 
I know that he's a crybaby. I know that he's whiny. And he's done himself absolutely no favors in this offseason. I, if I was a GM, and God help the team that I'd be a general manager for, but my football brain would keep telling me I can't have a Baker Mayfield who went to every single podcast he could find and is writing notes and posting them to Twitter about his feelings and all of this stuff. I can't have him in a spot where I need to trust him to get along with and help a rookie quarterback. No way. But instead, you're ready to rock with a guy in Daniel Jones? Like, that's what you're saying in that sense? Like, be, with all of the drama that he brings, you still would want... Daniel Jones Dar- brings drama? Dan- Daniel Jones at the helm. I, not, I, I was talking drama about drama between Baker oh. or just Daniel Jones being your signal caller. Like, you're weighing yeah, those well, two. Yeah, because uh, especially without a fifth-year option, this is a one-year trial for Daniel Jones, so you know that your rookie quarterback, if and I don't know if the Giants are taking a quarterback. I think that... I think that they're probably going offensive linemen, the kid from NC State or or Evan Neal, before they go get a quarterback. But if you're, I guess this comes up because we were comparing who's a better option, Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Daniel Jones, I think, is a much more even keeled, much more stable, uh, and the circumstance is much more conducive because if he doesn't perform this year, this is his tryout. He's out the door. You're no longer contractually tied to him, and now it's the Malik Willis era or the Kenny Pickett era or the whoever is behind him, the Matt Coral era. It's a good right? point. It's like a good Baker point. Baker Mayfield, you're picking him up. He wants a three-year deal. He wants a three-year deal. Uh, he's not going to go somewhere, I don't think, willingly on just a one-year wait-and-see type of situation, and I don't want Baker Mayfield being a guide to my rookie quarterback. Baker Mayfield wants to go someplace because he thinks he is still yet to hit his prime in his career, and I think he's a little bit delusional based on his numbers and what he's done in his career. Now, on the You Never Know podcast with Mike Studd, Baker Mayfield did say... We're in the dead dog. Yes, with the dead dog. He did say, I know wherever I go, I have one year and one shot. Okay. That's just now okay. what it's become okay. in this league, so and that's is, where I'm at in my career. He is... He then, he then he does have a sense of realism. He does. He understands. It's a one-and-done situation. He said, wherever I go, I have one opportunity. I still him. don't want him in a room with my rookie quarterback. Because what it's going to have to be the Cam Newton type of thing, right? Where if if the rookie wins the quarterback battle, you got to get rid of Baker. Well, I mean, that's you can't have him one million percent. looming over his shoulder like they were worried, the Patriots were worried Cam Newton was going to do with Mac Jones. 100%. I do think he is young enough, and he experienced the draft and being a rookie and kind of climbing the ranks not too long ago. So I think he does fit the mentor role. Yeah, and, and honestly, you can learn what not to do from him as far as mm-hmm. media goes and those things. So I, I think he's an okay mentor for a guy like Kenny Pickett or somebody coming in. I'm surprised we haven't heard enough Giants quarterback buzz them taking a quarterback it's interesting because I think that everybody has sort of come to the conclusion that Daniel Jones is going to this is going to be his last year uh trying to find a spot trying to latch himself right so you would want to bring in a young guy who could possibly step up and take that role I also think that you could get someone in the later rounds I I don't think that you necessarily have to be looking for a franchise quarterback if you're the Giants. Maybe, maybe, but I do think that they have bigger concerns that they need to spend a first-round pick on right now. They know they have a starting quarterback. Is he good? Not necessarily. Is he a starting quarterback? Yeah. 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 By, By loose definition, yeah. But it's not dire enough right now where you go and get a number one. 
a quick fix, especially in this quarterback class. Right. I actually think that's disciplined by the Giants, not falling into that trap. And you could probably get someone in the same the same uh, solar system of quarterback ability in later rounds, uh, like a, a, a Sam Howell, right? Sam Howell's going to go second round, right? Yeah, and, and, and similar to him would be like a Desmond Ritter slipping down in the second round, who, who fits the mold, who's able to do RPOs, who's able to run that zone read kind of style that, that Daniel and a lot of the guys now are. Sam okay. Howell kind of gives me Daniel Jones vibes, though, so I'm not sure like that's errant exactly mistakes. where... mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not necessarily maybe where the Giants should go. I'm just <laughs> saying I used him as an example of a non-first-round quarterback, okay? Uh, where is the first quarterback going to be taken tonight? Where is the first quarterback going tonight? What team... What team is taking the first quarterback tonight, and who is it going to be? Who is the quarterback you would take? You're the general manager. Who is the quarterback you're taking? The first quarterback taken tonight, and what team does it make most sense for him to go to? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. All I'm saying is that if I'm the Panthers and I have a choice between one of these quarterbacks and Evan Neal... I'm probably taking Evan Neal. Kuyper and McShay have Evan Neal going to Carolina instead of a quarterback. I'm good with that. And I honestly think that the Saints or the Steelers being the first to take a quarterback makes the most sense. And I think it probably, I would take Malik Willis. I like Malik Willis a lot. Love that dude. He's just different. But who's going to be the first quarterback taken if you were a GM and what team is he going to? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at us at KLV1063. He's still on the banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.